Welcome to FinTech Brews and News, brought to you by Central Payments and Falls FinTech. I'm Nikki Rohde. And I'm Trent Sorby. Founders, co-founders, payments professionals, and, well, just people who love brews. This is a place to get a behind-the-scenes look at unique partnerships and ways to bridge the financial gap between banking, startups, and the entire fintech industry. Whether it's a beer or coffee or something else, there's certain to be a brew in every episode. After all, how do we function in this space without it? Each episode, you're sure to take away some good stuff going on in the financial technology space. So without further ado, let's grab a brew. Hey guys, welcome to a very special episode of FinTech Brews and News. I'm Nikki Rohde, and today is quite possibly going to be one of my favorite episodes we've done so far. Um, not only because it's about my hometown here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but because it's a part two of an episode we debuted for you a few weeks back about Sioux Falls, South Dakota being a mecca of financial services and a hub, really, of a lot of entrepreneurial activities. So we talked about the history of all that, but today it's got more of a focus around what is it like being an entrepreneur in Sioux Falls? What our startup ecosystem is like here? And so today there's two very, very special people with me, um, starting off with the mayor of our community. Paul, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, Nikki. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, my name is Paul Tenaken, 32nd mayor of this great city. Uh, lived here for 21 years now, moved here in 2000, uh, Minnesota guy by background, went to college in Iowa, uh, met a girl, moved here, and uh, 21 years later, uh, I get to serve as a mayor. I'm three and a half years into this gig and running for re-election in April of 22, and uh, having a blast. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And then, of course, Brianne. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Brianne Maynard, Executive Director of Startup Sioux Falls, I would say that I'm a Sioux Falls native, even though I was born in North Dakota and lived in Sioux City for about two and a half years. Where? Ugh. Sioux City, Iowa, mm. folks. Tell them the airport code in Sioux City. Anybody know? S-U-X. S-U-X. <laughs> that Please is correct. At least they play it up well. Like, flying sucks. And they, I've seen t-shirts. It's actually pretty good. So um, we'll welcome you here. Thank you. Know. you. Mm. Thank you. But since third grade have called Sioux Falls home, mm -hmm. um, I went to school in Minnesota as well, St. Cloud State, um, and found my way back to Sioux Falls after I had a little stint at Sesame Street Live in Minneapolis, no, which didn't. was my first job out of college, which is crazy kind of set the tone for my life, I would yes. say. Um, but it's it's funny that I've come full circle and that I'm, I'm leading the ecosystem organization mm -hmm. because when I came back, Paul, if you remember this, mm -hmm. 2004, mm -hmm. five, I started at Electric Pulp, which is a uh, web agency here in town, which at the time, like nobody really knew what the mm -hmm. heck a website agency was. My first day on the job was this guy's last day on the job. So he she replaced me. me. This is going to seem Don't. like this is this small incestuous community. There, it's I mean, there's 270,000 people in San Jose, but yes, she started at a web agency where I was working. I was transitioning out. This lady from Sesame Street was going to take my job. Uh, and now that web agency called Electric Pulp, they've gone on to do incredible things. Yeah. And, uh, but you remember early 2000s, that was kind of the still the beginnings of the internet. You know, yeah, people yeah. still figuring it out and creating branding sites and yeah. you know social media wasn't a thing yet digital marketing really wasn't even a thing yet mm -hmm. so I, I think that's a really great place to kick off um, entrepreneurship here because 
share with the audience a little bit about your journey before public office. Yeah, so I, I left that position uh, where Brian and I both worked. Uh, and in 2008, I started a, a company called Click Rain. And started that company because, um, for, for a few reasons, but Obama had just won the White House in 2008, and he had used digital marketing, digital technology like no other candidate had ever done. And, you know, Twitter was brand new, Facebook wasn't a thing, uh, MySpace was the big site, you know. And he had used A-B testing. I know, I know. But kind of saw the tsunami that was coming with social media. And uh, so I started this company called ClickRain and my first several clients were politicians, helping politicians understand how to use the internet uh, more effectively for fundraising and for uh, IDing voters and different targeting strategies. And uh, I did that for uh, 10 years until 2018 before uh, exiting a bit before that to run for uh, office. That's a whole nother story on why would you leave entrepreneurship <laughs> to, to do that. Um, but so my background is in entrepreneurship and is in uh, marketing technology, uh, CRM software, email marketing, social media campaigns, all that stuff. Love that. Brian, talk about the, the startup Sioux Falls organization and what it means to our community. Yeah. So the organization itself was founded back in 2004. So like about the time I was moving back to the city. And I just have to say that I'm so grateful that our city leaders had the foresight to say, we need to invest in entrepreneurship and startup activity in our city. So when the, the organization was founded, it was founded as the South Dakota Technology and Business Center, the SDTBC. I'm so glad we don't have to speak in acronyms well, like that anymore. We do enough of that in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, the intent was that it was um, designed as a tech and biotech incubation space at the time. So they were really, they were kicking out some pretty big names. So notably Metapayment Systems, right. which I think you used to work for, yes. Nikki. Yeah. They incubated out of the Zeal Center, which at the time was SDTBC, um, as well as DocuTap, which was eventually acquired by Xperity. So there's been some big, big names that have come out of this facility. And after so, so long, entrepreneurship, the landscape changed and the needs changed. And in 2016, which I think you were chair of the board at the mm -hmm. time, you guys decided to pivot and rename yourselves Zeal Center for Entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship was kind of the buzzword. Um, and in, a, in, a, in addition to that, there was an EDA grant that was awarded that gave them um, a 7,000 square foot addition on the building to add co-working space, mm -hmm. which was kind of the thing at the time. And then you fast forward to 2020, good old pandemic good old time. And we just started to realize how we're we're competing with people's homes we're competing with coffee shops entrepreneurs can literally work from anywhere um, and we are located on the northwest side of town on the southeast tech campus and we want to make sure that we're as accessible as possible that we're meeting entrepreneurs where they're at so we've made the decision the very difficult decision because we're sitting kind of pretty out there uh, in northwest mm -hmm. sioux falls on that campus that we want to relocate our efforts to the downtown area because it's where everybody's at. It's where all the activity is, all of our service providers, entrepreneurs, like go to any of our local coffee shops. It's bursting at the seams with people typing away on their computers. We want to be a part of that scene. Um, so in the next year or so, um, and we'll be making some bigger announcements soon, but we are relocating our efforts and we're downsizing pretty significantly. We're 45,000 square feet today and we're going down to probably less than 10. Wow. Um, and really focusing our efforts more on the programmatic side, our accelerator program, building the community 
and working with some more of those service providers and ecosystem builders that are down here already and becoming more of a think tank, yeah. if you will. What I love so much about what you guys are doing at Startup Sioux Falls is it's not just about looking for those biotech giants that need kind right. of a launching pad, so to speak, but you're serving everything from boutiques to yeah. biotech to ag and anything in between. Um, where did that pivot happen in your mind from going from this 45,000 square foot? You talk yeah. about location, but even beyond that, you're going to change the way you're serving. So yeah. co-starters maybe is a good yes. example. What is co-starters all yep. about? So when I came onto the organization in 2019, one of the first gaps that I identified was that we didn't have a mechanism to be able to truly support entrepreneurs through a process. It was more like they're coming in and we're kicking them downstairs to the SBA and the SBDC. And that's not to say that those resources aren't valuable because they, they are. But this process is so overwhelming. It's stressful. You're one person. You can't possibly know everything mm -hmm. about business. And just for the sake of our audience, yes. SBA, South Dakota. Uh, so the Small, small business, business Administration, but okay. our South Dakota District Office gotcha. is located in our facility also. So that's kind of a, a nice little perk yeah. that we have going right now. But it was just really interesting to kind of identify that gap and then go out into the marketplace and talk to some other ecosystem organizations. And the name co-starters kept coming up over and over again, proven effective, Fargo uses it. We get compared to Fargo, North Dakota all the time. That's a shame. Um, so we, <laughs> kidding. we love Fargo's Fargo. Great. We love Fargo. We do. Um, but so we decided to go forward with this, with this program and they've just been fantastic. We didn't have to reinvent something. The program already exists. We get the binders, we get the training, but the most the be the most beautiful part of it is that we're able to to have deeper connections with those in the community that are like I want to get more involved. So now we're we're hiring facilitators. So Eric Weiser of Weiser Distributing, one of an, a notable entrepreneur here in town, led our first cohort, um, and then we're bringing service providers in, you know, lawyers, marketing execs, you know, that can come in and share a little knowledge and deepen their connections with the startup community because they're literally going through the process with them. Yeah. So it's just been transformational for our organization to have that program running. It seems like Sioux Falls being founded a bit on financial services and healthcare being two of the most risk adverse uh, yeah. industries finding a way and breaking through to find more entrepreneurs and focus on small business is such a gift. Um, Paul, I'll turn this over to you to ask, in the last maybe decade, how have you seen Sioux Falls evolve um, with a spirit of entrepreneurship? Hmm. I'm gonna go back further than a decade because it's really, I mean, the community, like most communities, I mean, I don't think we're unique in this, is founded on uh, entrepreneurs who took a leap somewhere. In fact, we have a big sculpture in the middle of our downtown. It's called the Ark of Dreams, and it doesn't quite connect over the river, and that gap is supposed to symbolize the leap that you take as an entrepreneur to, um, you know, to go from one side to the other. And so, you know, you look at some of the, some of the families, some of the companies that have built this town, it's all men and women that were entrepreneurs at some point. Where it's really started to accelerate, though, is I would say in the last 20 years or so where we've had to kind of um, re reinvent ourselves as a community and that Sioux Falls is not really deep in one specific sector. We're kind of a mile wide and an inch deep in a lot. I mean, we have biofields and we have strong healthcare industry, strong financial services industry. Our manufacturing sector has really grown. Uh, ag, you know, value-added agriculture is big here. We're, we're in South Dakota, and so ag is a big part of the state. 
uh, and then our tourism industry has really exploded. Uh, you know, people think of Mount Rushmore and the and the you know the west side of the state as being tourism in South Dakota, but we end up being a stopping off point that's starting to get a lot more attraction activity. So, uh, what you'll find in Sioux Falls is that as industries evolve. Uh, I'll pick on biofuels, for example. I know some of us in the room have connection to biofuels in the past. When that industry maybe has peaks and valleys, other parts of the community, other different companies and organizations can kind of pick up that slack versus being a, a steel town or a manufacturing town or really big in healthcare. Well, all it takes is one sweep of the pen from the White House to like wreck healthcare and a whole industry can be turned upside down and thousands of people can be without jobs. So. We've really kind of evolved from an entrepreneurial standpoint to uh, be more diverse. And we've seen kind of the next generation of entrepreneurs start to emerge in Sioux Falls. Um, that has been really cool to see. Yeah. We've hosted uh, for Falls FinTech 20 companies now in the last two years from around the globe. And the speaking of Mount Rushmore, a gentleman just landed in Sioux Falls about uh, September of 2021. And he's like, Hey, when I flew in, I tried to find Mount Rushmore and I, I couldn't see it. Which way do I go? Maybe I was just flying in the wrong. I'm like, oh, buddy, that's like five hours the other way. But I'm going to tell you guys that the verdict that constantly happens when people spend just a couple weeks here is how can a guy like me, how can a gal like me find roots here? And people are saying it's the hidden gem. This is a place where people wrap their arms around you. Um, primarily from a from an entrepreneurship perspective, but also just as a community, welcoming and a variety of different kind mm -hmm. of, um, I guess, services really. Well, I'll share, I'll share with you an anecdotal story and it's somewhat COVID related, but mm -hmm. you know, a friend of mine, his name's uh, Tom Patterson and his wife, Erin mm -hmm. uh, Fujimoto, they're the co-founders of Tommy John Underwear. Yeah. And Aaron, or Tom grew up in Millbank, South Dakota, almost in, in North Dakota. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> left, couldn't wait to get out of here after high school gone. Uh, they have since relocated here during the pandemic. Um, they're running the company from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. They have no desire to leave South Dakota. They absolutely love it here. And, and the last year and a half, two years has really exposed to a lot of people. What are your, you know, what are your personal freedoms mean to you? What's it like to have your kids in school, you know, mm -hmm. year round? And how much is that worth to you? You know, is it worth a Manhattan apartment to, you know, have your kids in, you know, in your apartment? Or do you want to have places where they can run around and be outside and be in school and have, you know, good quality of life and low crime and easy traffic and all those things? So there's a lot more people that are starting to take notice of the, you know, the Boise's and Nampa, Idaho's of the world. And, you know, the uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota's and the Des Moines, Iowa's and Rochester, Minnesota's. Those are becoming much more attractive kind of mid-major communities because of some of those factors. And I think that's where you're seeing more entrepreneurs kind of set down roots there because they can really run their companies from anywhere. They're choosing to do it in a place where they can have a really good quality of life in doing so. The, I totally agree. And I think the more we've got people that are showcasing um, the focus on startup communities um, like Startup Sioux Falls is really brilliant. Brand, could you share a story um, anything you can think of that has come out of either co-starters or startup Sioux Falls that has really demonstrated the fostering of that community. Sure can. Yeah. Um, and it actually relates to an initiative that you're involved with, Paul, that um, you and I think said on a panel about, but Sioux 52 um, mm -hmm. and this idea of aspiring to becoming a city of mentorship. Mm -hmm. 
that resonates with me in so many different ways. I've been a mentor, I've been mentored. There's just something powerful about it. So because of that initiative, we thought, well, we need to have a mentor network ourselves. So as part of the co-starters platform, we said, the best thing that we can do after these folks leave us after 10 weeks is to pair them and gift them a mentor in the city. And an example I'll give you is that, and I don't know if I should, I won't say names, but there is a cannabis biotech business that came out of our, our one of our cohorts that was paired with a gentleman who reached out to us cold to say, I wanna be involved in your mentor network, can you pair me? And my program manager, just kind of a light went on in her head and she said, I wanna pair him with this business. Six weeks later, I'm having coffee with the mentor and he tells me that this cannabis tech business is now valued at $25 million and that he's got VCs on the line for this guy out of Minneapolis. And that just blew my mind. Like that one simple connection. And I can't say that we're gonna have that success with every mentor pairing, but that is such an incredible story. And that makes me feel like we are validated in the path that we're going as a city. Um, and, and valuing mentorship and, and placing a priority on that is really important for so many different reasons. But for us specifically, like this has just been a great kind of, I don't know, reset for, for our path forward and our vision um, for the future of the organization. So I'm grateful for, for the platform. Hmm. There's a laundry list of accolades that Sioux Falls often gets. I like to follow them because, you know, I'm a little biased to the community. But Wallet Hub is one that I focus on. Um, and Wallet Hub has repeatedly called Sioux Falls one of the best cities to start a business. So, Paul, what do you think contributes to that? Mm -hmm. Well, for, I mean, the, the saying you never profit in your own land is very true because, you know, as a mayor, I'm always talking about how great this city is. And people are like, wow, yeah, you're supposed to say that. But right. when you have the wallet Hobbs and Forbes and you know, Smart Asset and others that rank you high, it's kind of nice third-party validation to say, hey, it's not just me. They look at a variety of you know, qualifications to determine what makes a community great. I think there's a few things that make this a great place to start a business. One is um, the, the cost of living. And I think of when I started my business. Okay, I started my business in 2008. My first office space, uh, I had about a 10 by 10 office space. I think I paid like 475 or 500 bucks a month. Um, there's no state income tax. Uh, and to Brian's point, I had three or four people that I could directly reach out to who were willing to just mentor me. Um, and you're really one or two phone calls away right now from probably getting some of the biggest you know, players in the community who would be willing to have coffee with you. So I think the tax climate is very good. It's a very affordable place to do business. I will also say that um, our workforce, well, we're challenged with workforce like everybody else. I was in the tech space and have web engineers and data engineers and so forth. Uh, the cost to hire those folks here compared to um, some other markets on the East or West Coast is much more realistic, much more reasonable. Now the downsides of that are if you do need venture capital money or access to deeper levels of capital. You're not probably going to find that here. There's some, and we're trying to do more of that. But um, if you're looking at private equity and all that stuff, Sioux Falls isn't typically a place where people look or, or think to look. Um, but for those reasons and others, uh, I think the community is very welcoming. The tax climate is good. Uh, and it's it's just a really great place to start a business. And I can say that because I did it. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
it went great. We, we talk about that at Falls Fintech a lot too, with regard to the tech talent um, that's kind of hidden here. And we mm-hmm. think about Sioux Falls as a hidden gem. You know, DSU, Dakota State University, is just up the street. And they're a nationally recognized program for cybersecurity, which is obviously critical for any tech type mm-hmm. company. Um, there's an organization we're partnered with called Midwest.tech. And it's all these capital intensive individuals and or venture capital firms or PE firms that are in the Midwest. And so we're trying to shine a light on more of that money that's available here too, that doesn't have to just be represented in the oversaturated coast too. So that's a fun way to um, create more awareness in our community. Well, even right now we have, uh, you know, a friend of mine, several friends of mine are involved in a company that's a a crypto trading platform mm-hmm. that they've started and launched and it uses different algorithmic signals to determine when's the right time to buy and sell certain types of crypto. And uh, yeah, and it, it's just like they, they can do that here because the talent that they're able to get to do that, those algorithms and do the, the engineering work for that is, is very affordable. And if they have to outsource some of the heavier stuff, they're outsourcing it to the people on the coast who are in the coffee shops and doing mm-hmm. other things that maybe do this just for contract work. And so there's there's still some like innovative entrepreneurial companies that are that are blossoming here that are kind of flying under the radar that a lot of people won't know about uh, until they really make it. You know, a lot of times you only hear about the big successful mm-hmm. uh, entrepreneurial success stories, but you know, America runs on the backs of small business. And even you know, my company was 35 employees. It wasn't a huge company, but the city is made up of 10, 20, 30 person companies um, that someone took a risk on and started and are kind of the the framework of our economy. What do you think the value of accelerators are um, in a community like ours and and specifically around co-starters or, you know, Falls Fintech has a little bit of a different event, but how important is that? In a place like Sioux Falls. Well, I'll say for me, it's very important for a couple of reasons. One is um, we have a strong financial landscape. So if people look at, uh, you know, a fintech accelerator in Sioux Falls, they're like, this seems really weird. Why is this here? Well, we have a history of being, whether you look at our trust landscape and the billions and billions of dollars in our assets we have managed in the, in the trust market uh, or the Citibank routes or the bank charters that we have in South Dakota. This is a strong financial state. So fintech makes sense here. But but second, why it's important to me is it gives these different companies exposure to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, so that you know the one out of 10 that really hit it big uh, and are gonna need to either set up an office or have uh, HQ somewhere or are gonna have you know some different you know networked locations. I want Sioux Falls to be in that conversation. Sioux Falls would not be in that conversation uh, but for the exposure that an accelerator gives them to a community. And I think it's a great place to hang a shingle, you know, and grow a business. I think the talents here and the workforce and the, the cost climate and all the stuff that I mentioned earlier. So. I've been um, known to be this volunteer tourism person. So I like to um, parade people around the local breweries and <laughs> a lot of different places. I may or may not partake in a beverage, um, but... Um, Anyway, one of the places I often take people is McKinnon Park. It's a beautiful part of our city with some historic homes and kind of Sioux Falls' version of Central Park, if I may. And every single time I take people from Chicago, New York, San Francisco, Miami, Dallas, or any of the coastal communities um, around the McKinnon Park area, they're like, wow, these homes have got to be at least $10 million homes. I'm like, nope. 
Um, many of them are, and I'll just kind of throw out some numbers that kind of seem about right for our market at the time. And they're like, shit, what is it going <laughs> to take for me to get here? And I'm like, plane ticket and a U-Haul, maybe yeah. <laughs> send your stuff on through. But um, people are in love with this community. Yeah. And so I, I think uh, next question really is flipped over to you, Brian. when we uh, curveball, what is maybe one of your favorite things about serving uh, entrepreneurs? Ooh, you know, I'm going to flip this question around a little bit because something just happened. A very exciting news just came out of our organization about a week and a half ago that's very validating to the path that we're taking. But we were um, finally informed by the government that we have been awarded up to $1 million over two years to help with DE&I programming across the state of South Dakota through the SBA Community Navigator Grant. And by DE&I, I mean diversity, equity, and inclusion. Awesome. So we're taking this co-starters accelerator model that has proven successful, and it's this is a hub and spoke model. So we're the hub and we're going to be providing resources to five spoke organizations across the state to help bring this, this programming and these resources to underserved communities. So we're gonna be working with folks in the, on the Pine Ridge Reservation. Wow. We're gonna be working with rural communities through an organization called Dakota Resources, serving women through the women's organization MB here in town, new Americans and immigrants through LSS and other resources. And this is so important because we're a team of four. And we're not able to do everything that we want to do and serve everyone in the way that we would love to serve them because every community is different and they all have their own needs. And, and we need to be able to pivot and create, uh, recreate this program for those communities specifically. So if they don't speak the language, for instance, we're using resources to bring in uh, people that can translate. Um, women, working women, single mothers who have these ideas in their head and they don't know how to execute and they don't have the capacity, MB is going to provide childcare yeah. while they go through an accelerator program. Like it gives me goosebumps, you guys. Like I'm, I'm so thrilled to, to be able to bring this. So that's something, that's the stuff. Like that's what gets me really excited is being able to take take our resources and and blast them out there to as many people as we possibly can and being as inclusive as we possibly can through this process. God knows what's going to happen, you know, through all of these connections, but we're so excited to see what happens in the next two years. Amazing. And for so. many of the audience that don't know, Pine Ridge is one of the poorest communities in yeah. the country. Yep. And so to be able to lean in and provide resources and inclusion in that um, yep. way is really remarkable. So yes. kudos and congrats to you guys. Thank you. Um, closing thoughts, Mayor Paul Tenhaken, what, um, what would you say to any entrepreneur that's thinking about um, what Sioux Falls might have to offer to help them launch well? Well, it's, I mean, we hear it all the time. It's We're not on people's radar, but once they get here, we're absolutely on the radar. So the hardest sell, and I mean, I'm not I'm not living with rose-colored glasses on, is getting people to come to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Like South Dakota, it's cold, snowy, you know, uh, is it, you know, do you have electricity there? Right, like do you live in teepees? All, 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 all the stereotypes of South Dakota. Mm -hmm. But but I had um, a company come here recently and said, this feels like the West Coast of the Midwest was his, was his, what he was saying. What he meant by that is it really has a, a hipness and a vibe to it. And like the downtown has a kind of a swagger that he wasn't expecting. Mm -hmm. And so I took that as a compliment as long as it's the right parts of the West Coast <laughs> that he was referring to. 
<laughs> but it's a great community and we just always ask people you know mm -hmm. give us a shout give us a look because mm -hmm. i think you'll find uh access to capital uh the tax climate the housing market as you touched on our workforce it's a great place to live work play that's right yeah well i'm so grateful for you guys this time great kind of feed of what we're doing and what our community is all about and i think that really wraps nicely into uh, fintech brews and news and the different touch points we have with that audience so thank you guys a thank ton thank cheers you. to that cheers all right this is what you do at the thanks. end that's right until next time guys thanks for there you have it we hope you enjoyed this episode of fintech brews and news keep up with all the content and cool stuff happening at false fintech and central payments by checking out our website our youtube channel linkedin and twitter subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on our next episode I'm Nikki Roby. And I'm Trent Sorby. See you next time. Cheers. Cheers.